Hello, and welcome to Havas Media Group's new podcast, The Meaningful Media Pod. I'm your host, Ben Downing, Global Managing Director for Ethical Media and Strategic Partnerships here at Havas Media Group. Over the next few months, I'll be talking to a range of guests, brand marketeers, agency voices, academics, policymakers, researchers, consumers, and hopefully some of you listening, about meaningful media, the media that matters to them and to us. The pandemic's shown us the impact media has in our lives. Throughout the pandemic, media's consoled us. It's kept us company. It's kept us connected. And it's babysat for a few of us. But media's also acted as a vector for misinformation. It's confused as well as consoled. Platforms have increased their power and reach. Monetization models have evolved. And increasingly, media is funded directly by consumers rather than ads. Media, the understanding of it and its context and connection with consumers has never mattered more. So when we wanted to set out to understand meaningful media, the media that matters, and the experiences that consumers have of media in their everyday lives, we realized we needed to get back to talking about media. There's a quote from, uh, uh, a quote tweet from Roy Sutherland, um, Vice Chairman of Ogilvy UK. Working in the advertising industry today, one increasingly feels like a man who's turned up at a poetry festival only to discover that every talk is about bookbinding. What did that mean? It meant that we'd got too focused on the technology, the pipes, the plumbing, the tech, and we'd stopped talking about media, the media that matters. To help us unpack our meaningful media philosophy, I'm really excited in our first episode to welcome my friend and colleague, Greg James, Global Chief Transformation Officer at Havas Media Group. We'll be chatting about what meaningful media is, why it matters at that moment, why media experience is so important. Greg comes from an interesting background. Having started his career on the creative side, he built out a content-focused business before moving across to a media buying group. I'm wondering if it's this career trajectory that allowed him to think about media in a different way. We'll be getting uh, into that in the interview. But before we start, I'd like to share an insight from our Meaningful Brands study. 13 years ago, our Meaningful Brands survey went out to around 350,000 consumers. That panel has grown over time across multiple companies, and it's helped us understand what makes brands meaningful and how meaning helps brands to grow. Did you know that 66% of consumers want more meaningful experiences? It's that understanding of Meaningful Brands that's evolved into meaningful media and our practice within the media group. You'll find lots more insights that get to grips with meaningfulness, both for brands and wider society in our massive Meaningful Brands study. Today it reaches 395,000 global citizens and over 2,000 brands are covered. You can check out meaningful-brands.com. That's meaningful-brands.com. Now, on with the show. Greg, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to the pod. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Yes, exciting to have our, our first episode and to set up uh, meaningful media for for the series. Um, I guess we should start out with, you know, for our listeners who aren't in the industry, maybe it's useful to kind of ask and think about what a media agency does. Do we know anyone not in the industry? Do we talk to them? Do we have time for that? Um, 
I, yes, what does a media agency do? This is like, I have to explain it to my mom when she still says, you work with computers. And I wonder who doesn't work with computers. Um, I think we overcomplicate it. So I think what a media agency is at its core is we figure out where should brands or businesses communicate with people, which people, where and when, um, in order to grow their brands or businesses. That's what I think we're doing. And obviously there's a thousand things we get caught up in, but I think that's what we're doing in a media agency most of the time, if we're doing the right thing. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? How, how, did, you, how did you get here? Oh, well, Ben, how far back do we go? So, um, I, I, well, I think my journey is particularly relevant to what we've ended up doing in the last few years in the agency, right? Because I started out being very frustrated with media agencies mm-hmm. a lot of the time, right? I, I worked in content, I worked in creativity, I worked in PR and earned media. And it was really frustrating to me that whenever we kind of butted up against a media agency, um, it was difficult to get kind of an appreciation of content from media agencies actually at that time and an appreciation of the role that things you weren't just buying played, right? So when we were working in PR and sponsorship, getting a media agency to kind of figure out, well, how does that fit together was hard. I found it very difficult. It's very frustrating. So it's now, you know, 10 years ago, 10 years or so since I've worked in a media agency. So I I came out to New York to set up a version of Cake here, which was really focused on social media and content development at the time, and then kind of segued into the media agency in in Havis in the US and ran strategy and content. And so as that journey evolved, I guess the frustration that I had with what media agencies were, I could start to address from the inside, really, and try to change what was our process, how do we think about total communications planning so that we were appreciating those things that you didn't just go out and buy so that we were factoring in the role that content played more heavily and so i think in the last four years where we've really gone on the journey around meaningful media and mx i feel really pleased not only with the work we've collectively done on it but from a personal point of view it's like a good part of my personal journey because it feels like i've finally been able to address things that I felt were problematic about dealing with media agencies and that I saw clients felt were problematic about it as well. Right. Um, yeah. So it sounds like that, that journey gave you some unique insights because you'd spent so much time in content and you'd worked across both content and media. It allowed you to sort of see some of the friction points and some of the problems uh, and you identified, you know, some, some real issues around people's experience of media and, and the way consumers were, were reacting to media. Can you talk about mm. a few of those? Well, I think, I mean, it's, it, inherently people don't like ads, do they? Right. So, so <laughs> I, lo- I love ads. Was some, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, I think that was one problem where, where you feel like, okay, you're essentially trying to buy your way. You know, I'd spent all this time thinking about content, Mm. which was like, what's the great thing people want to pay attention to? So how do you make something that's valuable to people? Now, actually that history for me was in branded content. So we were making TV shows and short form content that were pulling people in because they wanted to see it, had an editorial and a plot. And then really what we were doing in media was trying to interrupt that and stop that. And, and frankly, not recognizing that, um, you know, the role advertising plays is interruptive most of the time and people don't want it. So how do you make sure that the experience of advertising and media experiences as a whole, because advertising is going to be part of that, um, could be better. So the problems were, were broad. And I think 
inside the agency, the biggest problem was that we weren't recognizing it. People were sitting in their silo. We have to do all this stuff for a client. Let's just buy this thing at the cheapest possible place. And because the technology had evolved at that time, we could buy, we could just we could buy eyeballs wherever we wanted to. Right. The growth of programmatic and traded media was so strong. And so people stopped thinking about, is this the right time and the right place and the right person to speak to? It was this person fits a profile, put the ad in front of them. So that problem that we wrapped up as kind of martech meiosis back in 2018 or whatever it was was really saying both the agency and the clients have become so obsessed by the technology we can deploy just yeah. to chase you we've stopped thinking about the bigger picture of whether this is a good experience of my advertising and of the media i'm you know trying to consume and so martech meiosis kind of became the enemy for us which was great because if you've got an enemy i mean this is good strategy right figure out what your enemy is then you can target your problems and martech meiosis became our enemy and our solution to that was okay let's understand what is the media people are attracted to what is an experience we can build in that media that is um beneficial to them and less interruptive and more positive so that that would have a halo effect on those brands that's fascinating and i think you know i spent almost 10 years in ad tech and and we became so obsessed with the technology and it's it's almost interruptive properties um i think you were the enemy best right? I, 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 turned out I, you know i was i was certainly uh, certainly responsible for some some poor media experiences, but um, I'm I'm hoping to uh, correct that through delivering brilliant media experience in future MX in future. Um, but yeah, the, this the technology focused on this sort of interruptive moment and didn't think about the content itself, didn't think about the ad itself, and and your your journey allowed you to to see that. And that that phrase Martech meiosis, which we we sort of started speaking around three four years ago, was a, a really critical point. So can you talk? briefly through the the journey that you've taken have us on and we've been on in the last three years uh, to correct for that yeah well i think there were there were two things in the journey right one was okay what were we doing inside the media group and mm -hmm. and how did we think bigger and so martech meiosis was that problem to try to solve mm -hmm. i think the second thing that was happening for us in the media in the in the agency was um comes back to meaningful brands a little bit right because yeah. We knew that meaningful brands, I mean, you and I have both been in the agency for a long time. You know, the notion of being meaningful is so intrinsic in our culture and behaviors. Um, and the meaningful brands study had been around for, it's now been around for, I think, 13 years. But I don't think we'd ever really cracked, how do you make that truly relevant to, to, to media planning and buying, right? To those choices we talked about at the beginning. And, and so having identified martech meiosis and thought well we need to be more mindful about what we do with media and having thought how do we take the things we know about how brands become meaningful and what does that mean in media it led us to the thinking around meaningful media it led the language worked um but it, it led us to, to it gave us a framework to say okay if we're trying to build more meaningful brands we now know we've got this martech meiosis problem internally and all this kind of ad rejection and avoidance from consumers because it's more easy for them to switch off put an ad blocker in um buy subscription channels so they're not seeing ads as much how do we therefore understand which is the media that is meaningful to them because the hypothesis was surely if we can be attached to and around and part of the media that people choose surely that's better for a brand an advertiser and that was the hypothesis right and thankfully we then recruited people into the business and built the team in the business to try and prove that out and build a framework for it and 
that I think I underestimated how difficult that would be because it has been a three or four year journey and we're still on that. But, you know, what's great is we've really started to prove that investing in more meaningful media, being mindful about the connection, the context, the content, understanding that trust, engagement and influence play a role. Um, we've proven it. Attention is central to that. And so the metrics we now see in terms of how we how and where we invest, I think we're proving out that the philosophy of meaningful media and that theory has helped our clients. It has grown businesses. It's really critical, right, that that we know that now that meaningful media builds meaningful brands. And that's yeah. That seems so obvious, but we we have done all this research as have us into you know, a meaningful brand study, as you say, has been running for 13 years. It's a, a large scale longitudinal study. We have this depth of research um, and uh, bringing that through into into building brands through media and thinking about media has really been kind of quite transformative. Um, I, I guess, you know, the, the follow on question from that is given that that you, the agency, our clients, our partners have, have put so much thinking into getting back to media and to get, getting back to thinking about media. Can you can you give us a sort of definition of what meaningful media is? It's it's critical for us. It's critical for for media and media agencies. So what what is meaningful media? Um, yeah. So and and you know I think one has been accused of oversimplifying this, but it is simple, right? It, it's it's from the from the beginning, it was just recognizing that meaningful media is media that that we trust, that is engaging, and from our perspective is also influential in some form. It is that simple. I'm not trying to define some sustainable, ethical only, special, high quality media. Meaningful media can be a whole range of things and it's very unique to an individual. It's what's the media that that individual consumes, that they trust, they know what they're getting from it, that they engage with and want to keep coming back to it. And that it's, you know, it has the capability to influence them, either influence them emotionally or from our point of view, we want to be able to insert something that can influence them because they're trusting the choices of, um, you know, the context in which a brand or commercial message is showing up. So trust, engagement and influence were the cornerstones of this uh, two, three years ago, and they still are. I think what's changed in time is we've added to that ethical. Um, and, you know, a lot of your work, Ben, has, has helped us define that and, and put parameters around it, because I think that most consumers in most parts of the world have a different expectation of media and media brands today, even than they did four years ago. And so trust, engagement, influence and and ethics, I think, play a role in meaningful. What I will say, since we have a forum to say it, is the biggest misconception we have as an agency, I think both around meaningful brands and around meaningful media, is that people think the word meaningful inherently means therefore this has to be high quality and it has to be sustainable yeah. and it's going to be more expensive and it's all about doing really doing good in the world now clearly we want to be meaningful with our actions and that can connote you know good behaviors but it doesn't have to um to meaningful means effective as much as it means ethical right it means that this 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 brand has a role it plays in my life and i care about it or this media is something that I trust and love going back to. And that might not be super worthy or cause related. And I think we get a bit caught up on that sometimes. Yeah, that's that's really clear. And I think the critical thing here is the, the meaning that the brand has to me as a, a consumer, also the meaning the media has to me as a consumer. And, and that meaning can be I think this is a good word to use, perhaps that 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 meaning can be quite populist in nature, that connection can be yeah. quite populist in nature. So can you talk about can you expand a little bit on that that idea of meaningfulness being 
what's popular. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the inherently, like what media for, for for all the science behind it, media for the for the purposes of advertising has to be scaled, right? Mm. So we're looking for large audiences a lot of the time to reach as many people as we can, mm. as cost efficiently as we can. So uh, you know, a Saturday night game show or a um, masked singer style show, right? These things are populist and popular. They're meaningful media as far as I'm concerned because they excite people, they engage people, right? They, the pe- people trust it. They know they can put the family in front of the TV on a Saturday night at that time and they can trust that this is gonna be a safe environment. They are engaged with it, they go back week on week, they text their friends about it, they're, they're guessing on Twitter who's behind the mask. That's populist entertainment. That is meaningful media because it engages people and it's a prime place we might want to advertise, right? In markets like the US, the UK, Germany, those kind of shows, right? So, so that's meaningful media. My dad still reads a tabloid newspaper every morning. For him, that's meaningful media because he's got a snapshot of what's going on in the world and he um, spends hours doing the crosswords or whatever, right? I would say there are problems with that tabloid newspaper because I don't, because I know that there are questions about the trustworthiness of the news and what it is, but it's still a populist media choice. So as long as we're putting in frameworks and thinking through what are the complications of brands showing up in that place it's still meaningful media it's just about how do we as an agency advise clients to understand the full picture so things that can be populist which include facebook which we know we've all had challenges with doesn't make it bad because lots of people like it it still can be meaningful media but we have to understand the implications for you know our investment in it sometimes so it sounds like well, I, I, I know this is the case. I'm, I'm in here. But for, for, for our listeners, you know, it sounds like one of the unique things, and, and it's unfortunate perhaps that it is unique, that we're doing at Havas is we're spending a lot of time thinking about, discussing, and engaging with the media itself. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, one of, one of your insights, I think, was we just weren't doing that as media agencies. 25 years after leaving university, why am I sitting in a media agency? When I went to university, I worked in film and entertainment and theater. I wanted to work in media per se, right? Because I'm engaged by, you know, the creative industry that it is and the the possibilities of what media is. And so that journey for me has been about lots of different kinds of media, as we talked about from content creation and PR and editorial through to what we do today. it fascinates me that you could come and do any kind of job in a media agency because the clue is in the title and not be engaged with the discourse of that industry and think about it and care about it. I, I think it's a really engaging industry to work in and we should care about media. And I think that that is a big part of the journey from the last three or four years is I want to be able to walk in to any one of our offices. I want our people to talk to our clients about media because we spend millions, well, we spend billions of their dollars and euros in media. So you, you really should have an opinion about it, about what's working in it, what's good in it, what's bad in it, because that's what's going to allow you to figure out what's meaningful in it for, for brand growth. what we do know is that media drives growth for businesses right as an economic lever media is incredibly successful yeah and we can get better at it through the martech right not the myosis not just focusing on it but focusing on it in collective we need the technology we need the measurement but we also have to have the passion right people show up to see an ad because they show up to see a show that they love so let's not forget that we need to care about what that show is or what that website is they go to or what that platform is that they spend hours on and the ad placement itself, the the media experience, you know, shouldn't be 
disruptive. It shouldn't be a bad experience. And one of the, again, the insights you, you brought early on, um, in sort of kind of changing the way we were doing things is the amount of ad blocking. You know, this was a, this was mm. a sort of truism now, but, uh, four, three, four years ago was, was becoming apparent. I wonder if, do you think that poor media experiences in ads, poor ad experiences have caused consumers to move more to subscription models? It's something I think about a lot, right? The rise in subscription media, everything from, uh, you know, TV that's not monetized, video that's not monetized, um, through to, you know, uh, Substack and, and Patreon. Mm. So some of my favorite podcasts uh, not ad supported, they're Patreon supported. Do you think do you think there's an element of poor ad and poor media experiences uh, cannibalizing that that ad supported media or not cannibalizing that's a poor phrase, but but having that ad supported media demonetized? Yeah, I mean you're 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 look if if the experience of advertising was good, yeah, then then I wouldn't mind it. Therefore, I might not have to pay my way out of it, right? That's yeah. what the economics is. You'll get you're, whatever you're consuming that's media, you're paying for it somehow. You're either paying with your, with your time or you're, you're physically paying for it to get out of the time that you're spending, right? Yeah. We know that. That's what ad, support, ad supported is. So um, I do think that if you look back to where advertising came from, look at the craft of advertising, mm. right? And we've got some incredible craftsmen and women in the network who can make incredible imagery, can make incredible films, can come up with incredible ideas. I think we just distilled a lot of the craft because we need so much content everywhere now yeah. that it, it, it became, there's a mass production to it. Um, and then the technology didn't help. So the fact that if I watch, uh, you know, an online video platform for 30 minutes of content and I see, you know, eight times 15 seconds of ad and mm. it's the same 15 seconds, eight times, that's not good frequency delivered. And very often those 15 seconds are not good content in and of themselves because we're just churning through it. So I think that's why when we think about building a good media experience, content, which can have, you know, 14x influence on ad effectiveness, right? The content itself drives a lot of that. So let's not fool ourselves that it's just because we did a great media plan. If the content sucks, the plan sucks, yeah. which is why it, it's also been, you know, part of that journey to remind everybody that as a media agency, the significant disproportionate influence that content has in in the process of advertising effectiveness, it means we have to have an opinion about it. That doesn't mean you have to have a media planner telling a chief creative officer in a meeting, your ad is terrible, let's not use it. It means you have to be able to take the metrics that you're seeing and the response rates you're seeing and the expertise and best in class practice and benchmarks we have and help creative lift itself. So from this, from this insight and this transformation, we've developed a, a theory of practice um, mm. And in activation terms today, that exists for us in MX, media experience. Um, we're not going to talk our book too much on this podcast because uh, we want this to be a resource for the industry. We want this to be a, um, a, a, a forum for discourse and, and actually to, to maybe improve the industry in, in a small way by getting back to that that idea of media and talking about media but but this coalesces around mx and a media experience so we've got we've got good panel research now that that meaningful media builds meaningful brands and good media experience delivers better connections with consumers consumers want a better uh, media experience a better experience of ads and and how they work with media but do we have evidence now that that this approach our meaningful media and mx approach delivers better ROI, delivers better return on investment, delivers better um, return on, on ad spend? Yeah, uh, we do. I, I mean, I think um, 
you know, look, we were already doing good work before MX came along and a lot of that work was highly effective. I think what we've done is really made it a lot of our clients work more effective by putting, uh, you know, consistency standardization in place under the philosophy of meaningful media and under the practice of MX and the tools we've invested in within that. So if you look at the evidence, I say there's two parts of the evidence of what of why we know it works. One is I think we've got smarter at taking the um you know, empirical industry-wide evidence around things like attention Uh. and sewing that into our planning process, right? So we know that um, advertising, which is truly attentive and people literally have their eyeballs in all the way through it, if they fully consume it in in an attentive way, they are three, four, five times more likely not only to recall that advertising, but to act upon it. So so the incrementality and the effectiveness of the ads um, is affected by attention, which is a really, really key metric within building a great media experience. Um, I think the second piece is, you know, what's it made us think differently about, right? So to your point, Ben, like we said, you know, we want to think about media. What we've done, I think, is beat the drum to say when you're building the media plan, we're not trying to build a plan which is just impressions and frequency based. What we're trying to build is a plan which takes into consideration the content, the connection and the context. And I think that's created uh, new plans, new campaigns, new engagements with clients that have has led to better effectiveness. Um, You know, one of the financial advertisers, we've got, you know, you know, 25% more value going into funds from customers based on changes to the plan built around MX. So there are examples around the network of, of where, you know, we've got great work and great effectiveness. Would that have happened without the last four years of MX? I don't know. But I do know that we're seeing more consistently better effectiveness for our businesses in a way we can explain because the tools take the metrics in from partners like Adelaide and Lumin when we think about attention and the plans take better consideration to become more effective because we've got a framework to think about it differently. And we're asking people in our teams to to think more about what is meaningful media and what is MX and how they will build more meaningful brands. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's almost intuitive for, for someone outside of the industry, but it is, it is intuitive that, that actually when it comes down to it, we'd be talking about the ads, the media they were in better delivering a better media experience, but actually it's Mm. building that book of practice, you know, rebuilding that, that way of doing things is, is quite, is quite a complex thing to do. What are the actions brands can take now or should take now to leverage the power of, uh, of meaningful media and and our, our understanding of media experience MX? What, what are some tips for, for brands that you, you have today? Well, I think what, one of the things we suffer from um, with well, one of the things lots of brands suffer from, and then as an agency you suffer from, is is silos. And if you're still separating brand businesses from brand from performance in your business, then that's that's a problem. And you're never going to build a consistent customer experience, a consistent media experience, if you've got silos like that separating the business. That's equally true when you think about what we're trying to do when we think about, you know, the MX process strategically is is bring holistic planning, right? We used to talk about OSEP and owned, shared, owned and paid. That's still true. It's still really important that we plan for all those touch points. We do that under the lens of MX now because we're trying to say, wherever your brand shows up, we need to take this into account. The silos inside client businesses and inside agencies don't help. Everybody needs to be in constant contact because it's so interconnected now. The power of the network effect. Um, thank the you. network effect, that's true. That is true. Um, okay, well, that was that was great. Um, thank you so much. Um, I thought I thought we 
we had some really interesting thoughts there and we hope that this is the the start of a of a dialogue and a, a conversation with with all of you out there. We do want to talk about media just on a on a one to one on a you know my lived experience, your lived experience. What are we enjoying at the moment? So every episode we're going to have our, uh, our sort of fast five questions on meaningful media. Um, and I promise, I promise, Greg hasn't prepared any of these. Um, uh, this is this is the first time he's uh, he's hearing them. So um, uh, you're getting an honest honest answer on his uh, his meaningful media. Um, so we're going to go uh, off the cuff answer. Uh, don't overthink it are you ready sir i am ready i think okay Uh, what's the media you start your day with oh um the media is uh, so well whatsapp because living in new york and my family is very big on whatsapp so whatsapp uh, wordle this week i've now i've I've, i'm on the wordle bandwagon so i sort of lie in bed doing wordle before i get out of bed which is probably a really bad habit it's just been bought by Um, the new york times hasn't it i think yes yeah yeah. well i was already addicted to spelling bee so now i like i like tiles i like tiles i'm just about i'm not really good at spelling so no spelling bee i'm good with but Wordle. so whatsapp my start the day with whatsapp wordle and probably Instagram, if I'm honest, as well. It can't be TikTok because that's automatically too loud. Yes, we can't, yes of course. Too, it's know, a little bit, yeah. you know, maybe we're showing our age, but it's a little bit intense first thing in the morning. It's invasive. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. What's your media guilty pleasure? Well, it, it is well documented from previous conversations like this that I have a bit of a reality addiction. So my guilty pleasure has often been Real Housewives and um, and property shows like The Million Dollar Listing. But if I'm honest, at the moment, my other guilty pleasure is almost more embarrassing because we've discovered I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for like, you know, Britbox Sunday night dramas. Yeah. So and I've lived in New York for 12 years, but still I have that. So like <laughs> all creatures great and small and um, Vera, have you seen Vera as like an old lady detective? Um, it's very it's Sunday very night good. drama. Very good. So we've been watching that. It's a very guilty pleasure, I guess. Okay, what show are you kind of obsessed with right now? If you had the chance to just binge all of it and you weren't, you know, busy transforming the agency, like what what would you just sort of spend spend the time? You just you can't stop thinking about it. You're you're posting about it. You're tweeting about it. You're uh, you're yeah, on, no, on Reddit. I, I need a recommendation. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's you know. It's under, <laughs> under. I never really got into. I never really watch. Like I'm not really a sci-fi person or a horror person. And I don't know whether Star Trek could be considered sci-fi or horror, possibly both. From so, some of the production values as it as it ages, or maybe no, that's that's very yeah. very unfair. Um, <laughs> okay, so what media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? You want to get pumped up? You want to uh, you want to expand your mind? You want to you want to you want to go places? What's your inspiring, meaningful media? Um, well, you know, I do really enjoy the Pivot podcast. Yeah. Um, the two hosts of that have a really good, they have a real understanding of what we talked about before, media. They, they yeah. know the media industry. But I think they, you know, they're, it's, it's ostensibly a technology podcast, but really mm-hmm. it's so much about media and the issues that we face. So so I think they're very insightful about, they, they think they, they, frame their discussions about it at a level that I think we need all to move towards in terms of client discussion. So I think particularly a lot of the work we've been doing around ethics, a, a lot of that's been discussed on there. So I try to listen to that most most weeks uh, as often as I can because because I think it's it is inspiring and it helps me go, mm, you know, where do we fit with that? What, what yeah. does our business do with that? So I find that very helpful. Uh, last question. Thank you. Okay. Um, you have one media platform for the rest of your life. That's it. Single media platform. Everything else done. One media platform. What is it? Mm. Um, well, 
perhaps I'm showing my age, and this is probably a very stereotypical answer for a white British person living in New York, but I think the platform I would take is a bit of a cheat because I'd take the platform as the BBC because I think because of the unique way the BBC is funded, you know, I think particularly in the, in the world we're operating in, right. Most of the content that's out there is, is funded by us, right. We spend all this money funding and creating content and that inherently as it has always from the dawn of time is going to have a kind of bias built into it. Public service broadcasting in any country is absolutely critical in the world we've lived in, you know, politically in the last few years and continue to and i think when you look at the range of what the bbc provides in the uk and then globally it's i I can't there's not you know i know netflix is a multi-billion dollar company and platform that gets credit in a way that the bbc never will but it's incredible it's phenomenal what you get across a platform like that in terms of the range of content the service for audiences just the entertainment factor that's my answer the whole Um, of the bbc I mean, it's a, it's a, a thank you. It's a, I mean, it's a, it, it is a fantastic uh, broadcaster, fantastic resource, and it its challenges at the moment are going to further um, f- further question. I think how we fund news and how we fund mm. quality journalism, quality broadcasting. We we know from some research we're going to be bringing out in the next few months uh, that news uh, is meaningful media uh, in the broadest sense, but it also mm. uh, has great attention metrics and is. Um, uh, is we know important to to consumers um so we're going to be talking about that on the on the pods as we go forward and, and hopefully thinking about how we fund news and how media experience and, and advertisers have an opportunity and perhaps a responsibility there yeah and it, look ben i think it's going to be great i think you i think you've been a good i think when we think about what our business has done in the last year you know you've been part of all the, the kind of pitches and big you know progression we make in in our mm. business and it's 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 broad now what we have to have opinions on but i'm really glad we're having this kind of conversation and getting back into these discussions because i think issues like news funding where our cash goes what should be funded whatever like these are these are things that i don't think we pay enough attention to and that's where the money goes like we have a responsibility so i'm glad that we're going to raise that because uh, as an industry you know it's not it's not just in the agency as an industry we have to recognize we are paying for information and news and content and so what are our obligations with that and what does it mean and and it can't it doesn't all it's not all so worthy right it's we, i'm you know we live in a capitalist world which i agree with and that's what we should do yeah but we have to understand it more and talk about it more so i'm glad we are Thanks, Greg. That's a fantastic note to finish on. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, some some fascinating answers, which we'll be uh, we'll be digging into over the course of uh, this season, and hopefully uh, uh, the next few. Um, thanks, Greg. Great. Thank you, Ben. That's a great place to finish. That's all we've got time for in today's episode. A big thanks to Greg for joining me, and thanks to all of you for listening in. We'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on Meaningful Media and how we build brilliant media experience, MX. You can drop us a mail at the following address, podcast at haveusmg.com. You can also catch us on the socials. We're at Group on Twitter and Greg is at Greg underscore James. And of course, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. All of the addresses are in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Once again, thank you. Join me, Ben Downing, soon for more perspectives on meaningful media, the media that matters today. We've got an exciting lineup of episodes ahead where we'll be covering how tech is intermediating, enhancing, and completely transforming media experience. How we should be evolving measurement to focus on attention, and a special focus on the role of ethics and ethical practice in media and advertising. Join us, it's going to be great. Great.